Hi, uh, we're Eddie Head and we're in Japan and uh, we'd like to say thank you very much to the readers who voted us and our album, best album of 1997. I fucked it up, I hope these things. It's fine. That was good. No, it wasn't. I didn't even say the NME. That's okay. That's fine. Hello and welcome to 99 from 99, the movie podcast where we take you back to the past and cover 99 films or more from the year 1999. I'm your stubborn Kentuckian host, Michael Deniston, joined every week by madman of the airwaves, Ben Zook. Why take a journey to the past? Well, perhaps like you, we've looked out our window and seen the world grow smaller, colder, and scarier. Not here. So sit back, relax come back with us to a time when theaters were full, tickets were affordable, and there were so many good movies you couldn't possibly catch them all. That's what this podcast is here to do, so we hope you take the entire trip with us, 99 episodes from the films from 1999. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. I'm scared to close my eyes. I see dead people. I believe you have my papier. Would you object to never seeing me again? This is not just a couch. It's just a couch! Take the red pill and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You leave the light on after bedtime. I always thought it would be better to be a fake somebody or real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. All right. Uh, I guess we'll just press on. I feel really bad because I feel like I'm just not the right person, uh, maybe for this. Uh, and, um, you know, just to tell you where I'm coming from, uh, I watched this about a week and a half ago and, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't make much of an impression on me and everything. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now to really remember, uh, too much about it. Uh, and the only thing that comes to mind is the uh, sequence where they're showing how they did the moment in the music video with his head uh, submerged in water. Uh, and, you know, that was a very interesting, uh, you know, moment. Uh, I, don't, I, 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 I don't know what else to say beyond that. <laughs> Were you one of the, uh, I don't know, local morning shows uh, making fun of him and his suffering? I think... I, they call the music uh, something like uh, a rock band to kill yourself to something of that nature. You know, I think you can say something like that and you can make an interesting point, even if it's, if that's not, you know, the meaning behind it. Um, I mean, isn't that kind of the deal? I mean, isn't this, you know, very depressive, emotional uh, rock music? I mean, I, I like it. I like Radiohead. Uh, you know, maybe I'm not a super fan like you, uh, and I mean, the only, the only, so before watching this, I was trying to think to myself, okay, what Radiohead songs can I name, uh, you know, right off the bat. And the only thing I could think of was creep. And that makes me kind of feel bad because it's, you know, probably just because of the La Scala version in the, in the social network trailer. Uh, and, and so, um, I don't know. So yeah. So just getting back to it, isn't that the point? Isn't that the, like, what is it that you love so much about Radiohead? Mr. Superfan, 
uh, Michael Dennison. I I am by no means a super fan. I probably drifted away from them uh, not too far after OK Computer, uh, Amnesiac, I believe, uh, was the second half of the double album that followed OK Computer. So uh, that was the early 2000s. But uh, I have to say that this movie, I'm going to go the other way and say that this movie is the one I'm most interested to look back on because I think that it has a very different uh, context watching it now as opposed to watching it then when they're at the, the height of their fame and, and sort of breaking out. And, you know, to to their credit, and I guess what they find so amusing or depressing is that they broke out with a a uh, what was called a concept album that is very depressing. It is shocking to look back on this particular time period where they become the world's greatest rock band with this material because it is not, uh, it is decidedly not creep, uh, which you do see a sequence where there's a guy, uh, they don't let Tom York, the lead singer into, uh, a, I guess a club or a bar and their response to him is like, uh, you know, go sing creep or go ride another creep. Mm-hmm. So I think upon watching it, it really could become a woe is me type attitude to this band that's uh you know uh, at the top of the world it would be like if uh, the beatles during a hard day's night uh you know the film was really them uh being very morose in their hotel rooms and uh, yeah not yeah. enjoying it however knowing that they they survived this and they actually continue to uh pursue this particular form of rock music you know i think it's a you have this happy ending now that you wouldn't necessarily have had uh, at that particular time. And so this is one of the movies that I think plays a lot better uh, in 2017 as opposed to uh, watching it in 1999. Yeah, I mean, I definitely hadn't seen it in, you know, back then. And I and I, I had never listened to Radiohead as a, a you know, as a kid um, in high school or anything. I only listened to them once I was in college. Um, so let's see. Where, where, where do we go from here? <laughs> Well, I think, you know, one aspect of it is uh, it is a strange concert film of sorts. Uh, there is this stylistic choice by uh, Grant G. I guess, um, I don't know if it was purposeful to just fit the mood of the band. There's a lot of material here that was actually not um, a part of that time period, which I found interesting. Uh, I'm like, I want to reiterate, I'm not a super fan, but there was a lot of material that wouldn't show up until many years later in uh, sort of a very, not a very different form, but you can tell these are early rough drafts of songs that they're working on. That goes back to my point that this is actually a very positive film because it shows how much they were continuing to work and, and pursue their art, even though they're granting hundreds of interviews. So a week here, um, so I, I wanted to ask you what you thought about Do you think this film works in any regard as a concert film? Because there is actually quite a bit of footage of them playing. It's just cut up at times that we probably wouldn't expect uh, uh, when we watch a concert film. Like they cut away maybe right before the chorus of a song or you know a vital part that listeners, fans may know to cut away to Tom York staring at a wall in his hotel room. I think that's one aspect of it that really doesn't work for me, uh, and and I'm and I'm sorry to to shit on uh, this movie that I'm that I'm kind of disregarding um, <laughs> that you that you really like. Um, it it feels like a lot of the techniques here feel like the 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 lame 
90s music video editing techniques, the kind of things that are so easy to do now with, with you know, nonlinear editing systems um, and, and the seeing it now in, in a, you know, legitimate um, music documentary like this feels kind of cheesy. And I, and I want to see, you know, those performances continue and it seems you know, I mean, this is a cliche, but it seems like style over substance um, to me. And and it's also weird because so what I wanted to ask you is, do, do you think that the director here, Grant uh, G, he's a pretty strong uh, force in this movie? Or do you think he just kind of lets it go the direction that Radiohead wanted it to go? I I think that if their mood had been different... Uh, this would have been a very different film, not only just what they're giving him, but I think he was taking his cues as, as far as he was shaping Tom York, probably in particular. I think everyone but uh, Colin Greenwood, I believe I have it right, is uh, he's really the only one that seems enthusiastic about the process they're going through. And so I think he just uh, went with the band here, and, and he probably gave them something that was very honest to that particular moment. I don't know if it's an honest portrayal of the band, um, or I guess definitive, but it's definitely accurate to that the mood of the time. Um, so you know, I, I don't. I think it's 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 very much you know a uh, uh, a, a give me shelter without any semblance of plot. There's definitely not a murder. You know, there's not the true crime element here, but it's not something like. Um, I'm thinking like Cameron Crow, yeah, recently with uh, Pearl Jam, they're sort of looking back, back or their first 20 years together. Uh, that that's more like a culmination, and and mm-hmm. this year is you, you feel like it, probably at the time you're making it, they're that they're on the precipice of uh, maybe not doing this thing anymore, and that may be where the film is a little bit disingenuous because as I said, there's a lot of material that at the time was not available to the public, but you're seeing them still working, but it's not really commented on that much by the filmmaker. And I think that's, that's a little bit him pushing this narrative that this, this band is uh, so lost and forlorn, but just by virtue of them still creating so much um, that that's not really the case. And that's something that probably only a, a radio hand radiohead fan would recognize. It's like, wow, they were still um, very much about the music, at that point, even though they're very much lamenting what they're going through. Uh, so, I mean, you brought up give me shelter, which I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen and I, I probably should. Um, but who is that? Is that Mazel's or is that the, is that Penny Baker? Who, who's the person behind that? I think that's Penny Baker. I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but so I wanted to bring up Penny Baker. So that I, I don't know if that's him, uh, but I wanted to bring up Penny Baker as sort of like a contrast, um, you know, to, to, to Grant G here. And I feel like that's the kind of music documentary that I gravitate more towards where the where you definitely feel the director um, pushing their camera in to points where the artist is maybe not de- not definitively on board with that with that side of them be- being shown. Um, and and here I kind of and, and, you know, even though we do see them, uh, there, there's a point where they're trying to accept an award and they have to do it over and over again because they don't feel comfortable and all that. I still get the sense that's how they wanted themselves to come off. They wanted to come off like, like, oh, we're just so un- – we don't know how to do any of these things and blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, maybe it's genuine. Maybe it's not. 
it, but it's not, it's not that interesting. Like I certainly don't feel like it's a moment that's included against their wishes or anything like that. Or if, it, or if, it, or it was a surprise that, um, that the filmmaker was even film, you know, filming that it, it feels very packaged, uh, to me. And, and I kind of, it, 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 it's sort of, it is a it's a weird thing to say. I I'm less likely to, to hold Radiohead in high respect after having seen this movie. And I doubt that that is what, you know, they intended, um, you know, with it or, or that Grant G intended, um, you know, I just say I was I steered you wrong. It is uh it was uh Albert and David Mazels for giving well, shelter. Well, I was there. We go. Um, oh, they were my second guess. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give you points for that one. I, I think that's an interesting point. I mean, I, I'm not. I mean, there's no way for us to know. Uh, but yes, it, it could very easily be as far as that that scene that you're citing, where they're basically doing package clips uh, that are going to be playing at a war show, or they're doing something to to be clipped onto a, a radio program. Uh, that that's not something that's very hard to do, uh, given given the, the the type of music they put out. That probably most people would not know where to even begin on how to create something uh, like that. They couldn't get in that headspace. You pretty much could just read off a cue card, and maybe you can't sell it that well. But yeah, the, yeah, the sequence where Tom York is just just unable to get through a sentence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's. If if that is um, you know an, an act of rebellion there on his part, uh, and I, I don't know if I really care either uh, if that is him deciding to uh, spin uh, their 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 personalities at that moment uh, to try to reclaim something. I, I found that uh, I actually do find that that interesting. I'm trying to think. I watched this on MTV. I think they premiered it, which is kind of strange to to think about now them premiering something of this nature. Um, and that was probably at my height, at the height of my Radiohead fandom. So I think I was all about um, that that sort of persona that they were pursuing. And I don't think that's really lessened as I've gotten older. I think I sort of liked them saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna retract, we're gonna pull back from this stuff," because they actually did honor that. I mean, that's that's something that they. It's not like they turned around and started uh, giving these really. Uh, engaging interviews are going on the tonight show. That's something that I guess I choose to believe because they followed through on that particular persona. And maybe it's more Tom York York's doing, but I mean, he is the, uh, the front man. So I guess they take their cues from him. You, you want to believe just like, I guess, Scully in uh, exiles, no. <laughs> just like another nineties, <laughs> another nineties, uh, popular thing. Um, just, I feel like I've said everything I need to say about it, and I don't know how, how much more. The only thing I uh, what, what I will say is that you sound the whole time I've been listening to you, you've sounded like a schizophrenic um, Gary Cooper uh, playing Lou Gehrig in the Pride of the Yankees because you're still cutting out, and so the <laughs> whole time it, it's just like 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 Radiohead, radio, 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 like 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 that. It's well, really that, kinda... that's just really depressing to me because that means I'm just going to re-record my my side of this, which uh, is really well, going to seem put upon if I'm if I'm having to read the cue cards. Hopefully, your recording on your side is okay, and we can just sync it up to to my thing, and it'll be okay. You'll have to listen to it, I guess, later. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not looking for that. Yep, there it goes. Not, not like. <laughs> I actually just turned it on, and uh, yeah, it's still skipping on my side. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, this is gonna be a nightmare to edit. Well, we've said nothing of consequence about this movie, so uh, you know, I mean, you have. I, I haven't, I haven't really said anything uh, that's that's of any interest to anyone. I'm sure. Um, 
Are you left wanting between some of the uh, dynamics between the band members? Because I mentioned one that, you know, he does not seem to, he seems like he's wanting to play the game uh, and is willing to grant interviews and seems that there's a particular sequence where he's enthusiastic uh, about, you know, riding a Learjet for the first time, which does not seem to follow uh, the Tom York protocol. Uh, would you like to have seen more, not necessarily divisions, but maybe G taking less cues from his frontman Tom York and his influence to to give you a better idea of what the the, the total experience of the band was like. Uh, I I guess this is the thing is that I didn't because I'm sort of a very mild radio. I wouldn't even call myself a fan. I, I've I've mildly listened to them and liked them um, before. Uh, I didn't really have a, a uh, any sort of um, background on on who they are or anything, and so when when I see them kind of complaining about you know banal things, you know like like hotels and everything and and travel schedules and all that, like it, I don't know, it just it, it you know yeah, it comes off like rich white people problems, and and I kind of uh, felt felt very much outside of it. And, and every now and then, yeah, like I said, there would be like that really interesting moment of showing how they did that shot in the music video with his, with his head submerged. Uh, but other than that, I was, I was sort of very distant from it. Would you, so would you have liked to see more, uh, you know, more of the, the, the craftsmanship, I guess, of them actually, uh, you know, creating in, as, instead? Do you think that G just sort of latched on to the pain and frustration they were feeling in certain scenes. You know, he could have gone to the studio with him or could have just done maybe one of the shows instead. Would you have preferred that? I think he wasn't a very strong force as a filmmaker here. I think he was maybe, maybe he felt in over his head and was just so excited to be, to be making this movie about Radiohead. And then he thought, okay, I'm going to do really neat uh things and editing um later and that's going to be how you know i'm going to get my perspective across or whatever instead of getting interesting content with the band band themselves and that's just my opinion but that's you know that's where i stand on it i'm trying i'm struggling to to figure out how to pull you in to this i know i know i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry I feel I feel like we should just do what we normally do and just kind of – all those times I try to get us to stay on topic. This is the one time I want us to just go off and start talking about uh, Donald Trump and Afghanistan or whatever uh, or, or the or the eclipse, uh, you know, to date this episode, you know, more. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else uh, really uh, with this one. I, I I do. I mean, I think this one is still held in strangely high regard, and I would not have predicted that in 1999 that this one would still be relevant. Uh, I would I would have imagined this would have just been something for that particular time period. I, I wouldn't have thought this would have been a lasting film, but you know, I'm, I'm looking and there's an article from just a few months ago on um, AV Club. Just on on this film, yeah, May nineteenth, uh, two thousand seventeen, and I find that uh, really shocking that it would, would be that people would go back or still be uh, really uh, diving to. I mean, obviously we are, but uh, not in a very uh, not very good way. Uh, what do you think it is? Do you think it's just a, a love for Radiohead that has made this film? Uh, stick around in any sort of uh, fashion with uh, film circles or is it or is it the stylistic choices of G that uh, people maybe give it a, I'm assuming you think they give him more credit than it deserves 
I think these stylistic choices come off just extremely lame. I mean, they're the kind of things that that it, that if I was to do and you know as an editor or whatever, people would call me out and say, "Wow, that's just like the cheesiest shit you could do." And you know, I guess I'm coming off really insulting uh, at this point. <laughs> Well, okay. Let me uh, let me sidetrack you just a second. Uh, I'll I'll give you a tangent, uh, a, a bit of rope okay. here. Um, there there is that moment in time, especially the uh, late '90s and in the early 2000s. Maybe that's maybe stretching. Maybe just 2000 digital cameras. There there are some some movies that were attempting to be on the forefront uh, that have not aged well uh, in quality. Do you feel that way about uh, narrative films that were they were really pursuing uh, cheap digital photography at the time? Well, which ones? Because I mean, it kind of depends. Uh, let's see. What's one? Um, time code is one that comes to mind. Doing the uh, four different screens. At, Never at saw once. it. Never saw it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll just you know, it's not a spoiler. Say that there's somewhat meandering yeah, plots in each yeah. square. Um, let's see. What else was there? Uh, Chuck and Buck is one that I've not watched in years, but also I can't imagine we'll ever be getting a 4K uh, transfer. Um, for that, yeah, that always that always bugs me when people talk about like 4K transfers of of like things that were like shot on like 16 millimeter because it's like you're talking about you're talking about like blowing up you know videotape uh you know to to film basically and it's like you're not like like there's no not there's no more detail for you to like get out <laughs> of of 16 millimeter 16 millimeter they shoot it on that because that was the cheap they were going for a very specific look um you know with, with grain and all that and so uh yeah it's always really funny when when you hear about um like i think it was a four there was like a 4k restoration of texas chainsaw massacre and i was just like eh, like what like i can't think of anything more pointless <laughs> i guess that's my my thinking there i mean obviously something like that or blair witch uh you know they've yeah. stuck around and it, it actually helps uh, the story there that the look of it um, I don't know with, as I mentioned, time code or, uh, Chuck and Buck, I, I feel like, uh, in particular with Chuck and Buck, I think I would, it's a incredibly dated, it's like, there's a, uh, it's like looking at a family album, a really twisted mm-hmm. family album, but it's, it's, you know, it takes me out of the movie. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, it was that one particular year where, uh, this was a trendy thing to do. And I'm not saying to, you know, get us back to meeting people is easy. Uh, I actually never really had that thought, uh, with, with this film. But I can see your point, certainly, with the transitions. Um, the only knock I have against them, and I have to admit, when the film starts, I start hitting the fast-forward button a little bit. Because uh, when you're starting with, the, I guess, the train, just, just sort of like rolling into the station and the, the sad music, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard this song, so we can we can move forward. But at a certain point, I did really get, in, I did really get into the movie. Um, so it still works for me, but I could, I could see where this is something I think it's incredibly, incredibly dated others, but uh, I don't, I think Radiohead's uh, probably reached that level to where they're, you know, people are not going to take their, their concert film to task. Um, you know, if it was the, <laughs> if it was the killers from your neck of the woods in Las Vegas, I, I don't know <laughs> if their particular concert film is still held, uh, in any sort of esteem, like meeting people's easy, but it's probably could- a cleaner sit, probably an easier watch. I guess I feel I'm just more interested in the filmmakers behind these things. Like, like if I'm to, you know, to single out another music documentary that I uh, saw for the first time recently, uh, the last waltz by Martin Scorsese, um, you know, terrific movie. Like you can, you can walk into that movie with no knowledge of, of the band or the musicians in it, and you can get a lot out of it. Um, I don't think that's the same case with, with meeting people as easy uh, or, or yeah, I've never seen this killer's, 
uh, concert documentary. Uh, it's a good concert. I, I mean, it's it's purely a concert. I mean, there's no interviews, yeah. but it's fine. I was I was just taking a shot at you know uh, the, the former top of the charts band from Vegas. That was all. Les Waltz is a concert documentary, basically. I mean, there's some interviews, but um, you know, not too many. And you know, uh, yeah, it's that's a terrific film. Why can't this be like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think to a lot of people, it's probably probably up there. Uh, there's one uh, since we're on this this bit uh, that's probably aged pretty poorly, um, and I, it's the one that came to mind the most closely for me. I don't know, I've not mentioned it at this point. It's uh, it's U uh, two. I think it's Rattle and Hum. Yeah, it's U two the end of the eighties at the height of their powers. Um, and it's them basically coming to America <laughs> as, as Bono is wont to do. There's a lot of interviews where he comes across as really pompous jackass. Mm-hmm. And that's one that, I mean, it's certainly, um, stay, you know, they, they go by the YouTube playbook. I don't think it misrepresents them in any way, but my dog Brody, Brody disagrees. Not- yeah, he he, he's he's secretly, you know, that that's his dog version, canine version of where the streets have no name, <laughs> um, which is probably better. But um, I, I would say it is the antithesis to Meeting People's Easy, because this is the band that is welcoming uh, their reign over the world. And it was the one that most uh, came to mind. But I, I still prefer <laughs> wallowing in sadness with Radiohead, uh, the meeting individuals who think that they somewhat deserve uh, to be worshipped, and um, I don't know if you have any interest, you might want to check that one out because it is, it is know, the exact opposite of this. You know what I want to see? I want to see a music documentary where the subjects don't sing ever, and, and the whole thing is just following them around, and they're talking about their actual like opinions beyond their um, you know their their uh, their music and everything. Uh, I feel like that would be interesting. Uh, like all of these things, they kind of, they kind of ultimately end up like filling in the, you know, the same kind of, kind of stuff. It's always like, you know, it's always like, Oh, the, the critics think this and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, uh, Oh, they don't know what I'm going through and, and stuff like that. Uh, and then when you really look at it, it's like, it's like, well, these people come off as a lot less deep that, than their music makes them seem in, in these movies. Uh, it's like the the filmmakers that have shied away from doing like audio commentaries uh, for that, yeah. that similar uh, reason. You know, even something like Give Me Shelter. Um, I mean, in no way am I, I blame putting any sort of blame on Mick Jagger and, and company for uh, the deaths at this this free concert they they attempted to to have. But it is something that, even though you know for them and everyone involved, it's horrible, still ends up being like a commercial for the mythology of this mm-hmm. band. I would say most people. Uh, would would probably recognize the the title, or they know that there is an event or a movie about this this the Stones and that that particular tragedy, but they've never seen it. Um, and yeah, that is kind of an interesting point as far as having a rockumentary without the rock, focusing just on the in between phase. But that would also be a lot of pressure, uh, and I don't know how marketable it, it would be. Oh but. yeah, I don't think it'd be popular at all. It would. Only, I would be the only person <laughs> watching it, I'm sure. But I'm saying I would like it better. <laughs> the Ben Zook presents. Um, yeah, here's here's Paul McCartney. Uh, not, yeah, not doing anything, just just hanging out. I, actually, and, I think that would be really popular, actually. Playing so. Nintendo Switch or something, thing, and yeah. eating cereal. All right. <laughs> 
maybe. <laughs> or sort of, yeah, just sort of like the Jay Peterman um, <laughs> book in, in Seinfeld and be like, oh, the cable's out again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Uh, I think we got something out of that, finally. <laughs> I think we got somewhere. <laughs> uh, they've all tuned out because they've heard you repeat yourself going, going, going radio, radio, God. radio. Like. The more you brought that up, I'm, I'm like, fuck, man, this is going to suck. I'm going <laughs> to piece this back together. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just listen to myself and, and then try to record with, with the, uh, the same intonation there, the same enthusiasm. Yeah, that's so, not going <laughs> to... I, I did that Christ. one time for an hour-long War Machine vs. War Horse episode. <laughs> Uh, because I've been having issues uh, with the, the playback being out of sync uh, mm-hmm. in my ear, so I just had to turn it off. And uh, Maynard never told me. I guess he just thought it was on his end, and he was just trying to figure out figure out saying. But it's like you could not, could not really even. I mean, it was really, really obnoxious. And so I just went back and re-recorded my track, like listened to myself, and then just tried to deliver the lines again, and just stop and start, stop and start. That was a nightmare. That was on fucking Anomalisa too, so it wasn't exactly like an easy discussion anyway. So Wow, I didn't notice it at all, to tell you the truth. A lot of people I have listened, said I that. I listened to that one. But uh, wow. that was miserable. And I was just like that was that was one of the times I'm like, why the fuck did I do this? What am I <laughs> what am I really I, getting out of this? I, I once had to do ADR with someone um, for, for something I was editing, uh, on an iPhone. And and that was really challenging. <laughs> <laughs> and no one noticed. No one noticed. Um, all right. So uh, I know Matrix is next. Um, yeah, that should be next. I'm a little bit. Uh, I've, this is one I'm not looking forward to because I've seen the Matrix. Why? I've just seen it, you know, and it's on TV all the time, and it's just I, I don't know. I don't know if I have any. You know, a lot of these I'm sort of rediscovering, or it's like uh, okay, like Ten Things I Hate About You is one after the Matrix. I probably yeah. not watched that since I was in high school, so I'll have fun with that one. But, I don't know what we're going to do about Cookie's Fortune because I feel like, you know, what more can we say about it? <laughs> just repackage the one we ever did. <laughs> just put it, you know, cut down the other movie talk and just put it out there and it's like, there it goes. You guys didn't bring up 1999 very much in that episode. You know? Talk a lot about things called War Machine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we could do some, some form of that, but... Uh... Yeah, I probably would just, would just probably pull that and maybe us just add a particular segment as far as how it's aged. We could maybe talk about um, Altman a little bit more. I don't know. I'd have oh to yeah, go back. I'd Let's have to go that. back and uh, Altman. Yeah, I'd have to go back and listen honestly to what we what we said on that one. I, I can talk about Altman all day long. Yeah, once we get past the the Matrix, uh, I think it's it's pretty good. Oh, you you never get you never get out of the Matrix. Deniston, I'm actually really looking forward always to, in uh, to the Phantom Menace discussion as well. Um, oh, yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. That'll be interesting. I've got some, I've got some, you know, aces up my sleeve for that one. <laughs> uh, I, I just really am not looking forward to it. I just feel like uh, I'm going to end up like cheating in some work, some work on it because I just don't. I have like zero enthusiasm to sit and watch it again. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm, I mean, I, I did not have this sort of dread with Ed TV or True Crime. I was actually kind of excited about both of those. But um, so yeah, probably both, just because I would rather just watch Ten Things I Hate About You this week. So sure, that right. sounds good. Uh, but I'll try. I'll try to come up with you know, and maybe uh, I'll, I'll watch watch the mix at the gym or something on the tablet. Something will take something will strike. But, but I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, you do you do realize that it is the first sci-fi film to question reality in the way that it did. No, I'm, I'm just joking. I don't really, I don't really think that, but I've heard that from other people, and it drives me nuts. Yeah, that was. I twitched when you said that. I did, I did it well. I convinced you. I convinced you. I'm convinced you when you hear this, this meeting people's easy episode. It's like, wow, Michael is really enthusiastic. He's clearly faking it. All of his answers. 